Chapter 1 The Intern Reclaiming a Deferred Dream Requires Sacrifice Which explains what Joe Moglia was doing with his life two years before he found himself hired on as head coach for the UFL's Nighthawks. At 6.30, on an early winter morning in 2009, Joe exited the revolving doors of the Embassy Suites Hotel in Lincoln, Nebraska, hugging a University of Nebraska football playbook to his chest. Outside, the biting prairie wind cuffed him, ruddying his cheeks and watering his eyes. Through the blear, he saw the sun breasting the flat horizon. It didn't make him feel any warmer. That winter would go down as one of the coldest ever recorded in the state. Joe pulled the collar of his jacket up to his throat, leaned into the wind, and hurried the three hundred yards from his hotel to the Osborne Athletic Complex, home to the school's football facility. Joe looks like a football coach. His body is big in the shoulders and chest, tapers a bit through his torso and upper legs, then swells again into cantaloupe-sized calves. It's a body made for wearing gray sweats. His hair is the color of rust. His brow furrows easily over his clear, alert, blue eyes that never miss a thing. His nose can quickly turn pugnacious like a bulldog's when he gets worked up. He even shouts well, in short declarative barks spiced with traces of an inner-city New York accent that's easily discernible above nearly any din. He has a presence that commands attention. However, Joe was not a football coach. Not then, in 2009. He was one once long ago. But in 2009, he was a 60-year-old grandfather, trying to somehow retrace the steps back to that place where the road forked, to find that other path, the one that leads to a dream unfulfilled. Since there didn't seem to be any shortcuts to that path, Joe was in Lincoln now, serving as an unpaid intern, officially the executive advisor to the head coach for the University of Nebraska football team. That frigid winter day would be just one of the hundreds he spent with the team over the next two years. Fourteen hours a day catching up on half a lifetime away from the game. Film study, practices, meetings with coaches and players, legal pads filled with his scribbled notes— Two years living in a hotel room. Four thousand hours of work. Typically, Joe wouldn't return through those revolving doors at the embassy suites until midnight, when he would go to his room, make a brief call to Amy back in Omaha, then plunk down in a chair with a Bible-thick book of the plays that he had decided he needed to understand completely if he were to return to coaching. Later, a few hours of sleep would end with a 6 a.m. wake-up call, starting the whole cycle over again. For his efforts, he would be paid exactly zero dollars and zero cents. He did it all with a huge smile on his face. Joe wanted to be a football coach again, and this, he thought, was the first step he needed to take to get there. Joe had done something extremely rare in the world of American business. He left at the absolute pinnacle of his career. There was no Securities and Exchange Commission investigation, no personal scandal, no precipitous drop in stock price, no shareholder revolt. Very simply, he took over a company, led it through one of the stormiest periods in the financial world's history, then left it a much stronger and more profitable place than it was when he started. In the summer of 2008, 
Joe voluntarily walked away from the CEO post at TD Ameritrade. In just eight years, Joe had transformed the company, first by saving it from the disastrous pop of the dot-com bubble, then by building it into one of the most complete financial services firms in the world. Under his watch, TD Ameritrade not only completely skirted the 2008 financial crisis, it actually posted big profits. Joe left because there was really nothing else to prove. He was presented with a huge challenge when he took over the company in the spring of 2001. By 2008, he'd exceeded the goals he set out to reach. He'd been in the business world for 25 years, and before that, in an intense 16-year coaching career. Joe had worked since he was 10, when he started doing shifts in his father's New York City fruit store. Since boyhood, he'd never had any extended time off from work. Now he had certainly earned it. And that was what he thought he'd be getting.